0: Hello, my name is Tanya and welcome to podcast number five parenting part two is a guideline the same thing as a rule be brave enough to embark on the adventure of a lifetime welcome to my podcast about how to strengthen and create intentional families it is great to have you with us I hope that your week was abundant was it a garden week or a desert week or a jungle week for your family Or maybe even it felt like you lived on a ranch with a lot of cows horses and fences whatever your family looks like or feels like at any given moment is okay and each is beautiful in its own way we are here to strengthen the foundation of whatever type of family you have with what i call the foundational five balance structure consistency faith personalization and practice i am going to continue my cows and fences analogy from Parenting Podcast 4, Episode 1. Because we didn't talk enough about cows yet. <laughs> One hot summer day, seven members of my family pulled into the gravel driveway of our ranch. As we were climbing out of our wooden paneled station wagon, I hear this, Oh no! And I see my mother running to a nearby field where it was apparent that three cows had broken through the fence we're gorging themselves on our golden grain. Well, cows have one very large stomach with four different compartments. For this reason, they are called ruminants. These four compartments are important to break down grasses and other roughage. On the other hand, when fine grains are eaten, they digest rapidly. This causes rapid fermentation and gas production. So. By now, us children had caught up with our mother, who was perusing the situation. We found one cow lying bloated and dead, legs sticking straight up. Next, we saw a second cow that was alive, but barely. It looked very much like Petunia Dursley on Harry Potter. It was laying down and bloated. We knew this cow would not survive long if something weren't done for it. The third cow was stuck. Staggering, drunkenly, around, consuming as much grain as it could steal before being chased out of the field by, guess who? Yes, I got that job. My mother knew that if she didn't do something quickly, the second cow would die. So she got out a large pocket knife, said a little prayer that she would puncture the appropriate stomach compartment. And she bravely stabbed that cow in the gut, releasing the gas that did allow this cow to live. These three cows broke a few important rules that resulted in tragic consequences. This is one of the many reasons why my mother is my superhero. So, think of a rule or two you might have broken growing up. Why did you break that rule and what was the consequence? Rules and guidelines are both given in an attempt to manage behavior. Both of these can be effective in different situations. But children and teenagers need to be involved in the planning of and implementation of rules and guidelines. They need to know their voice matters in both the creation of the rules and the consequences of breaking those rules. It is difficult for a child to learn from experience, which is the ideal parenting goal for children to learn from their own experiences, if children do not have a voice in the rulemaking. Children who feel valued, listened to, and considered learn from their experiences when they are part of the process. Children learn that we do these particular things because we want to, not because someone else wants us to. When a child or teenager are involved, number one, in self-management, the setting of rules and guidelines. Two, self-evaluations, how well did you keep the rule or guideline? Three, self-recording. What did you choose to do and what will you choose next time? Then children are empowered and on to their next step of confident independence. Being involved in the process gives them ownership instead of playing the victim card, which usually stems from not feeling like you have control over your environment and that everything that happens is someone else's fault because they are the ones making the rules. When a child has no idea about a particular rule and parents get angry and a child is punished for having broke the rule, then the problem is the parent's problem and the child cannot learn to be responsible for rules they did not know about. A child who grows up in an environment like this will have low self-esteem and resentment and act like victims because they are. It is important to clarify the difference between rules and guidelines. Rules are a strict measure or specific steps to be taken to complete a task. Rules are usually administered by someone else other than the child. They are parent-directed or teacher-directed. Rules are typically not flexible unless motivational. Sometimes rules are important. However, they need to be good rules. Good rules are specific, observable, measurable, simple, and positive. Be sure there are not too many rules and that children know the consequences beforehand of breaking the rules. One example of a rule is this children do not get into pens with the bulls because it is highly likely you will get hurt this rule is clear simple and observable this rule generated enough fear in me to never have broken it another example of a rule is if you want to drive a car you have to get your driver's license this is clear measurable and positive Guiding principles are not universally translated the same way because they are non-specific. Guidelines are more ambiguous and are umbrellas of behavior. Guidelines create a fam- framework for behavior. Children need to know and understand the reason behind the guiding principle. Individuals, especially teenagers, are more motivated with guidelines of autonomy and mastery than strict observance to specific rules. It is important to focus on the principle that if you don't get something exactly right the first time, it is okay, because you are going in the general direction of your goals. You are following directions to work toward a determined course of action. One example of a guiding principle is that you should train your cows to be led with a harness every day if you want a blue ribbon at the county fair. This guiding principle is clear, measurable, Observable, and it gives the child a direction and a goal to shoot for in the future. Another example of a guideline is a curfew for a teenager. From about the ages of 14 to 16, a curfew could be a hard fast rule with consequences. As a teen shows responsibility for their ability to follow rules, then the curfew can become a guideline. You can begin by having crucial conversations in advance about what your teenager is doing and who they will be with and what time they think it is reasonable to be home. After you have agreed together on a specific time, you can say something like, I would like you to be home at this time because you need your rest, and so do I, and I want you to be safe. But if you cannot be home at this agreed upon time because the activity is not over, or for some other reason, then please call me and let me know the circumstances and when to expect you home so I do not have to worry about you. If a teenager is perpetually abusing this freedom, then it might be time to take the curfew guideline back to a rule. But if they are responsible and follow directions according to your combined plan, then they will continue to be able to have the freedom to help make their own curfew guideline. When administering consequences, First, make sure the child knew the consequences beforehand. Second, share your problem with the behavior and explain your emotions, feelings, and reasons why this behavior is not acceptable. The consequence needs to be closely related to the behavior. Another word for this is natural consequences. A good example of a natural consequence is this. My mother told us kids not to throw rocks at the wasp's nest. I don't think she explained why, but she presumed we were smart enough to figure it out. It was a solid rule. Well, one day I thought that if I could stand as far off as possible and use my little league baseball pitch to throw the rocks, I could outrun the wasp. I had a great throwing arm, and I think you know the results of this poor decision. Several wasps stings later i ran to my mother crying when i got there she was not mad or disappointed she said she was sorry that i had gotten stung and validated me that it hurt reminded me of her counsel and the reason why this behavior was not acceptable and then got me some anti-itch cream i never tried that again not because my mother was disappointed or mad but because the natural consequences of getting stung was enough for me My mother didn't let her emotions get in the way of me learning my natural consequence lesson. If the natural consequence cannot be natural, then it needs to be logical. One example might be that a child is using poor table manners and has been asked twice to stop the behavior. Instead of denying the child dessert, a more closely related consequence would be to remove the child from the table and put the child in his or her room, stating that they may come back and finish eating when they decide to use good manners at the table. You could say something like this calmly. I have asked you twice to stop that behavior and pointed out the behavior you could choose, but because you are choosing to not use good manners, the rest of us are having a hard time enjoying our dinner. By removing the child from the table, they are suffering the consequence of their own behavior, not the parents or other family members. Parents must understand what the child's goal is and the purpose of the misbehavior. They need to know why the child broke the fence to get the grain. We need to give children a feeling of responsibility for the effects of their behaviors on others. This helps children become accountable for their own choices. Trust will increase if a parent follows up after a consequence with an additional amount of love, understanding, and support. But do not take away the consequence of what the child needs to learn from this experience. Also, a parent's responsibility is to help a child succeed not lay in wait to punish the child for their errors. Encouragement is far more powerful tool than discouragement and will foster trust and a strong relationship between parents and their children. If a child breaks a rule or guideline, show your encouragement by stating, I know you are sad now because you made this particular choice, but I also know you are capable of making a better choice next time. Consistency is key to consequences Consequences need to be the same each time. There are no pet answers or easy solutions for child guidance problems. You, as a parent, are the best expert at guiding and teaching your children. Other people may have judgments or opinions, but you are the expert on your own children. Be their superhero. Because intentional families are the active creation of knowledge, in this podcast I offer encouragement to assist you in applying knowledge by helping you create a challenge or goal each week to implement in your family. My challenge for you is to follow these three simple steps. Involve your child in 1. Self-management, setting of rules with predetermined consequences. 2. Self-evaluations, ask your child how well did you keep the rule or guideline. 3. Self-recording. What did you choose to do and what will you do next time? If you follow these three steps, then your children will be empowered and on to their next step toward confident independence. Keep up the great work you are doing in your family. You are so needed. In future episodes, we will discuss topics like family calendaring, counseling together, family responsibility, emotional intelligence, and family fun. I will release a new podcast every Thursday, so look for it on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts Connect. I invite you to subscribe to my podcast and share it with your favorite people. Send me your thoughts or any questions you want me to address. Tell me what you'd like to learn more about. Also, tell me what happened when you applied the principle we have discussed. Be sure to join us. Next week to learn about democratic discipline versus punitive punishment. Remember the five foundational family principles, balance and gymnastics, consistency and ice cream, faith and fight songs, personalization and power, practice and horses. Thanks for joining us today. Focus on the foundational five to strengthen and create an intentional family. Beware, it's a jungle out there or maybe even a ranch.